This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. Now, Paige, today I want to ask you about how you stay energized. What is your favorite caffeine source? Ooh, well, so that's a really uh, kind of a a loaded question because I don't stay energized with caffeine. Oh, um, but I, I love caffeine and I, okay. it does give me that a little bit of the focus kick, but I'm a non-responder for caffeine for the most part. Um, like I can drink three or four pots of coffee and go right to bed. No, I know. No, I wish that it weren't the truth. You're a freak of nature is it, what you are. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, a, I'm an, a true ADD candidate, but that's okay. But I love coffee. I really do. I will always, always pick a good coffee over almost anything else. And right now I'm blessed to live in portland which has uh Stumptown roasters and they have a, this amazing cold press coffee that is nitrogen infused so it comes Ooh. out of a tap and it looks like a beer it gets like a foam head and it's so incredibly smooth and i just hit it with a little heavy cream to smooth it out a little bit more and it is like the best thing on almost any day wow yeah so Stumptown, and if you're in the pacific northwest they also sell it in little uh, brown glass bottles in like your grocers Freeze wow a lot of times i think safeway carries it and stuff Cool. Yeah. Well, I don't drink coffee. I don't like coffee. Uh, get yeah. out. Get I know. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. This is my house. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I also have never done an energy drink. Ever. 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 Oh, man. I, have, I, know, I can really pound weird. those down. No problem. Yeah, I know. Well, so I react to caffeine even more so. Like, if I have caffeine after 11, yeah. I'm going to be up tonight. Like no. it's cr- 11 in the morning. Yes. Oh, wow. 11 in You're the morning. You're a real responder. I have. So my source of caffeine is Mountain Dew and I have it yeah. typically between 8 and 9 a.m. Well, that's totally normal, though, because caffeine actually has a four hour half life. So for most people, it's still in your system, even from the morning. Yeah. So but, you know, so I have three young kids under the age of five. <laughs> so I really kind of need this energy boost. And I know it's not the best place to get it, especially not, you know, the flame retardant filled chemical yellow dye mountain dew you're you're preserving yourself for later yeah yeah yeah, right i am not going to catch on fire (laughs) um but yeah so that is that is what i do and what is it about the dew that's different for you i don't know has it just always been your drink of choice yeah Mm. i've liked it for a very long time dr pepper is right up there with it but um mostly yeah it's been mountain dew and so i have a daily mountain dew yeah i I will i share a little secret today i came in and angela had both cheetos and mountain dew and i was like (laughs) man this is like nerd heaven right here okay it was an emergency snack in my backpack and i just needed something to eat you gotta have that we've talked about guilty snacks before i didn't yeah i didn't get breakfast this morning so okay you should see me in the grocery stores right now because the cabaret cream eggs are out oh yes so i Today, we are doing something a little different, and we're uh, flipping the mic, and Angela is going to interview me, so um, hopefully this will give you guys a little more insight of my background and what I'm into, and we talk about different things like my journey, getting started, being a self-taught developer, and a couple other things. And before we get into the actual interview, I want to mention that you can support Women's Tech Radio by going to patreon.com forward slash today. Now, why is it today? Because Tech Talk Today is our thank you show that we produce four times a week with daily tech information as a thank you for people that are supporting the Jupiter Broadcasting Network using patreon.com forward slash today. So if you go there, you can subscribe and sometimes there's bonus content and sometimes there's announcements or you know, things that you can do. We're going to, we're about to adjust the milestones. So if you are interested in supporting the network as a whole, which supports all the shows, you can go there. Patreon.com forward slash today. Oh, 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 oh,
Okay, Paige, can you tell me how you got into technology? I got into tech. Oh, so it was kind of a, a long, windy journey for me. You know, I remember being kind of in like middle school and I had a lot of friends who were dudes and they were super into video games. And um, I remember the first time I was like, okay, I got the family computer. I talked my dad into letting me have the last one and keep it in my room. And um, I really wanted to play. Oh, what was it? It was like, it might have been Diablo 1. And uh, you had to have a sound card. And I didn't have <laughs> yeah. a sound card. And I was like, oh, man, I really want to play this game with my buddies. Like, they're all like loving it. And, um, and I don't really care that much but um so i went out i saved up my my pizza money or my paper money from you know mm -hmm. various things and i bought myself a sound card and then i had to open up the computer mm -hmm. which is like a big deal because we don't open up computers in my house yet nobody's technical enough and uh and i had to bust out the screwdriver and i was like so scared it was back when the the whole u-shape lifted off the desktop and you could like slice your jugular oh, yes. open because they oh, were so yes. sharp yes. And, yeah, and i totally did that the first time i cut my hand real good um so there's blood involved in my journey right away um and uh and i put the sound card in and i was i was so proud of myself like, like i didn't i i ended up playing diablo probably for like two hours because you know I oh video i was games. hoping you'd say you turned it on and it didn't no 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 um naturally gifted with hardware awesome uh you know shocking especially then you know put thing in slot turn back on generally worked and so you know and, and that just really got me started in um you know, my parents were pretty supportive. Like for major holidays, they got kind of creative. Like a couple of years later, they got me a DVD drive. It was before DVDs wow. um, were like before you had them in home theaters. So I had one for my computer and they bought me Top Gun because it was one of the first <laughs> movies out on DVD. And oh, man, I watched that movie so many times, but I had to put the drive in the computer myself. And I just kind of, I got pretty into hardware really early. Mm -hmm. And then in, uh, in high school, I was trying to impress some friends. And so I started learning to write a little bit of HTML. So to like make little like happy birthday websites on GeoCities and whatnot. That kind of got me started. And then uh, I spun off for a while. I wasn't good at math necessarily. I was really good at science. So I went to college hoping to be a biology professor. That was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach wow. anatomy. And yeah, because I had an awesome experience in high school in anatomy class and I was dissecting cats, which kind of gross. But yeah. um, it was just really fascinating. It really clicked with my brain, like the human or the the biological organism just makes sense to me. So I was really fascinated with that, but I got to college and it turns out that I'm really bad at chemistry. Like I'm kind of uh. bad at math. I'm epically bad at chemistry. And so I flunked chemistry my freshman year and uh, that didn't go well. So I was like, well, you know, you have to go through like several more tracks of chemistry to stay a biology major. So I switched. I was like, uh, what am I going to do? And I was a little bit in a rebellious phase. So I was like, I'm going to be a theater major, which in my mind was the best way to go to college and become a carpenter. Yeah, because my parents, my I kind of had a little bit of like a back and forth with my dad where I was really interested in a lot of these kind of more masculine things like carpentry or computers or whatever. And he didn't know what to do with that. And he was very supportive, but he just didn't quite know what to do. And he's an architect. So I was like, well, theater is kind of like in between there and I'm going to learn some drafting and, you know, he can kind of help me out a little bit with that. And it'll kind of be an in between. But you also had to work in the shop. So like I did learn a lot about how to use power tools, but also how to do design that I've carried forward a lot. So there's definitely a lot of value there. But I got out of college to have my first theater job. I had to have my college education, my full degree, and I got to make $10 an hour. Oh, man. So you had to have a college degree to have this job. $10 so, an hour. Yeah, so frustrating. Cause, and, yeah, yeah, and it was 2003. So $10 an hour was like, it was livable, but definitely not comfortable and definitely not college degree material. Definitely not. So I did that for a couple of years and I loved the work. And the work became very gradually more and more technical because I was interested in behind the scenes theater. I'm not an actor, although I play one on the radio. 
Like right now? Yeah, like right yeah, now. Like, yeah, or like on Women's Tech Radio? Okay. Yeah, on Women's Tech Radio. I'm an actor. Um, but uh, She wings. Yeah, I did. I did. Hard to tell on radio, which is why I'm not a good radio actor. So so I wasn't into that. I was into design and tech stuff. And I worked professionally as a sound technician mm-hmm. and a lighting technician for several years. And it got me really into things like signal flow and programming sound systems because most sound systems in theaters at the time were transitioning over to a fully software-based system and you'd right. go in and you'd write your effects more more almost like a program mm-hmm. where you'd be like if i push this button do these things and there's these three speakers right so it had kind of some of that same feel instead of a hardware or mixer board or whatever yeah and yeah. so i still i some things i had as a mixer board and some mixer boards were at the time were becoming programmable which was pretty cool okay and um like so that was kind of neat to kind of learn some of that and start to learn programming because i'd been interested in programming before but um and in college, a friend had tried to talk me into learning some programming, but uh, but I got started with Perl, which turned out to be an, a terrible idea for me. Um, it just didn't make a lot of sense. It was very intimidating, and I was like, I can do HTML and CSS, but like, you guys can do this Perl thing. So I kept helping like friends with HTML and with hardware problems, and so I, you know, was doing all this. But then I was doing theater, and theater was what really kind of caught my passion. But it was just like it just didn't pay. I just couldn't really make a living doing it, and the work would kind of dry up and then come up and down in spurts. So, so a couple of years doing that, um, and finally I got laid off enough times, of, like because you'd go in and out of work depending on what, when shows were happening. That I took a job at Jiffy Lube. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I went from the prestigious career of theater to the <laughs> prestigious career of Jiffy Lube. And luckily at that time, I also had a friend who was really involved in Geek Squad at a corporate level at Best Buy, and she was kind of doing a program to bring women into technology through Geek Squad and do all these cool things. And I got, you know, pretty, I was started actually helping them before. And she was like, let me work and let's try to get you a job in Geek Squad so I I can actually bring you on these projects. So I'm at Jiffy Lube over the summer. It's like 100 degrees. I'm working on engines. It was not pleasant. And so finally we get, we get it set up and an opening comes up at Best Buy. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like such a step up from Jiffy Lube to go over to Best Buy. And um, I went over, started working there and they, they, gave me the job offer and they were like we're really sorry we thought this like higher paid job offer was going to be open and we were going to hire you for that but would you be willing to take this other one because we really would like to have you and then move you up later and I was like yeah cool let's do it um they were like really we were surprised we didn't think you would take it I was like you have air conditioning <laughs> I'm good to go like yeah. uh, you know you want to pay me minimum wage okay like yeah. anything to get out of the heat at that point yeah but, um, no kidding yeah so I got into Jiffy Lube, I got out of Jiffy Lube into Best Buy, started keep, you know, and, and I'd kept building my hardware skills and my software skills, not programming. But in Geek Squad, I started to have a lot more challenges that were really interesting and kind of an environment where, especially at the time, it was very much like, what can you learn on your own? Now, there wasn't a lot of support from Best Buy, but my coworkers were very like adventurous in technology and they were constantly like, you know, how can we automate things? How can we look at things as a different process? And my brain just really kind of clicked with that. It was like, kind of like it it augments my natural laziness like, <laughs> yes you know i like to tell people that i think programmers are a really neat mix of people because they are eternally optimistic and severely lazy because you're always convinced that the com- you can make the computer do something a better way but you're convinced it'll work this time because a lot of programming is like banging your head up against that wall of like oh why does it not work and then like Huzzah! and then why does it not work and yep. it's just that up and down and you know because it's so binary in a lot of ways but um Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did the stint at Best Buy and Geek Squad, and it was a back and forth journey. I got to do a lot of really cool things. Uh, I did co-work at corporate in Minneapolis eventually on um, Wim, uh, what was that? Geek Squad Summer Academy, where we would kind of oh, yeah. travel all over the country every summer and um, bring camps to 
either um, girls or underprivileged kids who didn't have a chance to touch technology. And we teach them things from digital music to some basic scripting to like how to build the computer. And we have like races for desktop building and like play DDR. And it was just like a really phenomenal experience. And (laughs) can you tell me a little bit about what you do today? Yeah. Cool. So at least one of them. One of them. <laughs> oh yeah. So I do a ton of things. I'm kind of a, an overachiever in that in my spare time. But um, mostly I work as a sort of a mid-level developer. I do a lot of automation on the server. Um, right now I write mostly in Node, um, Node.js, which is a JavaScript framework on the server. I also do automation in Ruby, and I'm currently transitioning to a full-time developer position working with Angular, the new agency uh, out of PDX Code Guild. So we just started a PDX Code Guild agency. Cool. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. It's uh, kind of a project I've been wanting to do for a long time. I'm very excited. I get to be both the project lead and one of the developers um, mm-hmm. and kind of really stretch myself. So it's very intimidating, but I'm very excited. And PDX Code Guild, that's in Portland. Yeah. And you do something else in Portland. I also am the uh, director for Women Who Code in Portland. I believe very strongly that meeting up in Meetspace is... Uh, is really important for us as developers. It's too easy to hide behind the monitor and feel like you're alone and not connect with the community. And, you know, of all the communities I've ever been in, the geek community is hands down the most welcoming. Seriously. The most understanding. Like, because, you know, we all have social issues. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, I know Angela well, so it's easy for me to talk to her, but I have now, my shyness too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, was, she was concerned about starting the show and but we we play really well together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the first time I met with you, especially because like had a little bit of starstruckness meeting like yeah. Chris and you, because I'm like I've been watching them on, <laughs> on like the the YouTubes for forever, and they're like stars. Like, yeah, oh, this I know. Is crazy. We do get that. It is. It is. There's a small level of celebrity, but yeah. yeah. Well, it was in my eyes. You were celebrities, mm-hmm. so and um, it took a lot of guts. Actually, this like meeting Chris at Oscon that first time, I almost yeah. didn't talk to him. I I am so glad you did. Yeah, it we took like seriously. I felt really. <laughs> I felt a little weird because I definitely followed him around the floor, like sort of <laughs> slightly, like trying to see if he wasn't busy yeah. for like probably an hour. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, and then finally they were like kind of sitting at a little table instead of interviewing somebody. I was like, could you give me, I've been watching this show for a long time. Could you give me some podcasting advice? And he was like, uh, and we got talking and he was like, oh, well, we want to do that show. And you know, yep. the rest is history. And then he said, email my wife. He did. He did, in fact. And he like, did. He was like, Angela's interested in this mm-hmm. because, you know, and I'm so glad that you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Definitely. All right, Paige, what tools do you use on a daily basis or that you recommend? Sure. So I'm a little out on the geek edge. I'm a Vimmer. So I use um, Vim, which stands for Vi Improved. It's a editor, a text editor that's based in the terminal. It's available on all the operating systems, but it's included with any Linux distro pretty much, but a lot of other ones too. And it's all terminal based and there's no mouse movement. You move with the keyboard and it's a, mm. called a modal editor. And it's really a lot to get your head around, but I had some really bad repetitive stress issues. Um, I started in college and in college I kind of like got one of those crazy funky keyboards. Oh, yeah. Chris and, had one of those for a while. Yeah, and it, it helped, but um, it never really solved the problem. And um, I started traveling a ton. And so I was working on my laptop all the time. You can't bring a giant crazy yeah, keyboard no. with you for the laptop. It just doesn't work. And so my RSI got kind of bad again, probably two years ago. And so I was like, well, what if I just suck it up and learn Vim? Like maybe because I'd heard a lot that it would help to not be going back and forth to the mouse and have a lot more movement with the keyboard and just kind of keep your hands on that home row. And um, and it totally does. And it was a huge investment. I was slow, like really slow the first week, the first couple of weeks. It took 
Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Probably a month to get back up to speed. Mm -hmm. And so it was a huge time investment. And I definitely worked extra hours at work to try to make up for that. Right. But two years later, I have no no RSI unless I'm playing too many video games. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and that's from the mouse. And uh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm fast. I'm faster now in Vim than I am on any other text editor. I just fly. It feels like. Great. And it, it makes me feel cool. Yeah, like it's yeah. that like super oh, yeah. nerdy thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I do this super nerdy thing. And I can, you know, I can log into any server on SSH and know that I've got a great text editor mm -hmm. that I know how to use right there. I really encourage everybody to at least learn either Nano or Vim. Because okay. like if you're going to be a developer at some point, you're going to hopefully at some point you're going to touch the server. Yeah. And <laughs> and the server in that if you learn that, it's always available to you. Mm -hmm. And and it is a huge learn learning curve. And as you like to ask, an awesome tool yes. to get started with this is a website called Vim Adventures. It gives you kind of this little dude and you have to walk, <laughs> walk him along on this little adventure using only the Vim keyboard commands and it, it okay. builds them up for you as you go. That's great. Yeah, it's a great way to get kind of the basics down. Did you see by chance the most recent, not the most recent, but one of the recent faux shows where I talked about learning Markdown? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that was that... Uh, it had a really good tool as well for learning Markdown and you couldn't move forward unless you did it right. I should check that out. I forgot about that one because Markdown yeah. has been a struggle I've been having lately because oh, really? Git, uh, Git encourages you to write your readme files in Markdown. Yes. Or GitHub at least. Right. And um, I don't know Markdown and every time I'm like, oh, yeah. why does this paragraph not work? I oh, don't dude. remember. HuruPad. Yeah. H-U-R-O-O. P-A-D, HuruPad. Oh, right. uh, we talked works, about that yeah. on Coda Radio a while we, ago. Well, and we talked about it on that faux show. Yeah. Um, all you have to do is, it, it's it's super easy. It's just a a, um, a GUI, I guess, a graphical user interface, mm -hmm. and it automatically puts it into uh, Markdown for you. Okay. So, that would be yeah. a good cheaty way to learn it. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, you just select it, you say, this is a link, and then it... And that was like a, it's an HTML5 or a NodeKit app, right, so that it works on anything? I think. Um, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It does work across cross-platform. Yes, cross-platform. Ah, the yep. holy grail. Cross, yeah. cross-platform development. Yeah. Now, I happen to know that you use Wakatime. I do. Um, and they have a Vim plugin, which oh, is really? fantastic. Yep. Wow. Uh, very exciting. And they also have an Xcode plugin. I've been doing a little bit of Xcode lately, trying to learn Swift. That's a lot to get your head around. But yeah, I love it. It uh, it actually really upped my game a little bit and made me more conscious of trying to... Because one of the things that'll happen at my job is I do a bunch of stuff outside of coding. And um, if I go too many days not touching my JavaScript or my Ruby, I definitely notice the lag when I get uh -huh, back. Yeah. Like I don't have that the snappiness of the recall and I have to look up more functions and stuff. Sure. I really have to go to the documentation a lot more. Um, so walk time kind of keeps me a little more honest about that. So do you want to, uh, for the people that haven't listened to episode 11 of Women's Tech Radio with Priyanka Sharma, do you want to briefly yeah. explain what yeah, walk totally. time does? Um, I've been getting a lot of people into it lately. So I, me um, too. <laughs> it's a it's a tool. It's for statistics for you as a developer. So like we all are like, especially developers are usually obsessed with statistics for our site or people who do social media. You're like, you know, what's my bounce rate? What's my load time? And you have all these awesome statistics for your site. And what Walk Time is trying to do is give you those sort of feedback statistics for your coding. It's not super finite yet, but it tells me, you know, I've spent this much time in this language today. I've spent this much time in this project folder today. And uh, it also helped me with client work. I've been mm. able to track my client work easier because I know I've actually spent three and a half hours today on this project in for this client and I can bill really easily because of that. Nice. Yeah, because sometimes, well, I think with most people these days, we all are multitasking. Mm -hmm. Not only are we multitasking, but 
we don't typically don't finish one thing before moving on to another yeah. and then we go back to it. And so yeah. if it can, yeah, if you only worked in like a certain programming language for that client and you just keep going back to it or whatever, it's still that the total time you spent in that mm-hmm. language was just for that client. Yeah. It's really easy to pull that out. And they have plugins for like everything and they're even mm-hmm. getting programs. I'm super excited. I think they might be done. I know it's on the list. They have a Photoshop one. So I've been trying to talk ah. some of my graphic designers that I'm working with into it to be like, well, yeah. how much time are you actually spending in the browser and Photoshop? Like right. all that stuff. It's really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, I got my um my buddy at uh, PDX Code Guild Agency um, to install and he was super excited because they had PyCharn. Mm-hmm. PyCharn, I guess, is the Python one. And so, yeah, like everything. Well, I want to ask you, what are you excited about? What what really gets you what gets me <laughs> going in technology? What keeps you up at night? I think it's all the ways that everybody touches technology these days. Like, there's there's nobody who's not interacting with technology on some basis. And, like, th- we're at this point where, because of that, we can now use technology to change almost anyone's life. And I'm really excited that... You know, I can look at somebody who's a mom and be like, well, I know they've got a smartphone in their pocket because everybody does. Like, what what itch can I scratch for them? Like, what things? Are, and I loved, and because of that, I love talking to non-technical people. I'd be like, you know, what are these problems I have? Like, I was talking to my sister the other day and she's like, you should totally write an app for this. And she's like, I need something where I can do home management. And I can, like, give my husband a chore and set a due date. And, like, he knows what it is and it shows up on him and it pops up for his indication. And I was like, I don't need to write an app for that. There's totally one out there. Yeah. Um, but like knowing that these are problems that people are seeing and like I constantly have way more ideas than I can execute on. Right. Which, you know, I think anybody does really who's like at all into this sort of stuff. But when sometimes people just need the push too. like you just need to tell your sister, go look for that app. You know? Yeah. I've, I have been meaning to get an app for taking pills. Mm. Right. Because I take a thyroid uh, synthetic hormone every night. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I forget. I'd like an app where... I can tell it, like I can clear it and say, yes, I took it today. That way at the end of the month, I could be like, okay, how many days did I forget? Sure. <laughs> or did I forget it? Or did I just take it? Yeah. Like sometimes I forget because mm-hmm. I take it at night and I lay down. And I'm like, oh, did I take it or not? Yeah. Well, I'm going to take two tonight, <laughs> you know, or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's an app for that. I am sure there is. I just, I haven't had a chance to sit down and look for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Also, also that sort of thing would be a great project. First project for you. You're right. I yes. Really mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I love teaching. Uh, the, the exciting thing like about that is it, the same thing like because technology is touching so many lives. You know, I run Women Who Code events. I teach mm-hmm. an intro to JavaScript course. I teach it kind of weird because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to come and learn some JavaScript. And I really don't care if you know any JavaScript when you finish with my course. But if you can start to ask questions about programming, that's mm-hmm. so important. Like, Because for me, I'm a self-taught developer and it took years, many, many years and a lot of hours and a lot of, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Like, mm-hmm as we talked literally blood, sweat, yes, and tears. Yes. Um, and I think the the biggest hurdle that I see and the biggest hurdle that I have is that people don't know how to ask questions because you just don't know what's possible. You just don't know what things mean. You, you don't know. know what you don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, can you, as someyone who's just getting mm-hmm. into this stuff, tell me the difference between a programming language, a library, and a framework? No. Exactly. I, they don't even sound familiar. Yeah. Or, I mean, similar. Yeah, and, and people, and that's a vital piece of learning programming is, mm-hmm. you know, like a programming language is how you talk directly to the computer. Right. Libraries are sets of tools that fit into that programming language. And then frameworks are a way of thinking and a way of organizing work in that framework. And each of those pieces adds functionality to the original language, but they're all in the same language. Mm-hmm. And like teaching people that and how to ask those questions because if I have someone who's coming up and is like oh, you know I have this question about rails and and it turns out what they actually have is a question about Ruby 
and like trying to explain the difference there. It's really difficult. Right. Right. But it's so vital. Yeah. And I like to explain things with cats. All my all my lectures have uh, cat videos. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, um, Paige is followable at, at her handle is Paige Tech. That's true. P-A-I-G-E-T-E-C-H. At, um, and I'm pretty much just on Twitter. That's pretty much me. Mostly, if you want to follow me, check me out on Women's Tech Radio. Or uh, come by if you're in Portland. Uh, Women Who Code events, especially the JavaScript one, come by, take a class. They're all free. Good. Well, thank you for telling us more about you, Paige. This is well overdue. Uh, no problem. <laughs> so I look forward to flipping the tables. Stay tuned for that. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Be sure to check us out at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can check for the show notes and you can also use the drop down for contacting us. Just select Women's Tech Radio in that contact form or you can email us WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at HeyWTR or on Tumblr at HeyWTR.tumblr.com. You can also find us on iTunes and if you have a moment, please leave a review. We'd love to hear back from you. (music) 